1: So, when I was a prosecutor, I'd go around with these guys. We raided crack houses and busted up gangs. This apartment complex over here, it was bad. But we took it back. Defund the police? Ludicrous. All lives matter. It's not about color. Every family deserves to be safe. Crime is down a roar because the police budget is up. I've hired more cops every year. We've got more police officers than in the history of our city. When people feel safe, it creates opportunity. That's what Illinois needs. That's Richard Irvin. Ah, memories. <laughs> Richard Irvin. sounds like a when you just hear it, don't see it. I have no idea what it looks like. What's going on, D? It sounds like a, an old Starsky and Hutch episode, yeah, that, like cracked on crime. An announcer, ladies really and gentlemen, finished third in the Republican. What were you saying, D? I cut you off. Oh I no, probably... that announcer
0: sounded very
1: old. Yeah, We got to reassure Republican voters or baby boomers like me. Boomers need to be reassured. We need our hands held all the time. Come on, Boomer. You're a good boy. (laughs) By the way, I just have to say this. A shout out to John Pick. John Pick uh, grew up in Chicago, moved out to Hollywood, uh, and he makes very funny videos. And uh, Dennis had to literally drag me from my uh, phone where I was watching. Dennis, these videos are hilarious. And I was like, Ben, we have a show to do. So, very fun. That one about the bathroom, renting out the bathroom. Hilarious. That's all I'm going to say, D. That's all I'm going to say.
0: That's the show, everybody. Take care. (laughs) Have a good day. We are done. That's all he's going to (laughs) say. Bye.
2: (laughs) Hey,
1: by the way. Breaking news in the Ben Jarofsky show. <laughs> uh Dennis just broke the news to me some of our old clips he had to get rid of because of his. Computer. Wait, why do you announce that?
0: <laughs> why did you announce no, that? No, but this the
1: lead up. This to, You'll like the lead up. So if there's any listeners out there who want to donate a, a new computer to the Ben Jarovsky. No, stop. No, we're fine. <laughs> Broadcast. <laughs> Feel free. I'm sure there's some kind of tax write off. I don't know. Cock to your accountant. <laughs> but you know what I'm glad you say? That Richard Urban Storski and
0: Hutch, be afraid <laughs> commercial. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday. We went way off the rails there. For Thursday, July 28th, this brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go? What to do? <laughs> what to eat? What to drink? What kind of pot? Oh, we better clean up our act. Our guest is here. What oh, kind of I pot to here. smoke? Yes. And so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is thursday july 28th whoa we have two guests at the same time uh, and this is the ben Jarofsky show <laughs> today on the program we've missed her heidi henry <laughs> And now your host. Eh, well, I don't know. See <laughs> here every day, really. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Google comes to
1: Chicago Thursday, and here's why: because Google came to Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm always looking for the bad news embedded in the good news, D. That's kind of like my thing that I do, you know, yeah, after, you really lean on that bad news part. But yeah, I, sure, after, after 5000 years of covering Chicago politics, you kind of anticipate the bad, there's somewhere there's some bad news embedded in the good news. You know, the mayors love to put up good news, Chicago. And immediately, instinctively, I go, "Uh oh, uh oh, where's my wallet? Got hold on to that wallet. Whenever, they, whenever a mayor says good news, look out, Chicago, because it's not good news for you, generally speaking. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about the Olympics from 15 years ago, which was the ultimate good news, but it's really bad news for you story. And I'm not going to talk about the casino. I'm not going to talk about NASCAR. By the way, I just saw before I came on the air, they're going to close down Grant Park uh, for two weeks for NASCAR. Good news, Chicago. Be happy. But no, there's a front page story in both downtown papers. Uh, My beloved bright one home delivered in the Chicago Tribune uh, that Google has agreed to purchase from the state, the Thompson Center in downtown Chicago for one hundred five million dollars. And ladies and gentlemen, I scoured uh, both articles (laughs) looking for any trace of bad news in this story. Okay, because I know I know you guys are sneaky, Chicago. I know you, Chicago mayors, and you too, JB. Because it's a state story, too. You guys are sneaky. You'll sneak that bad news in there somewhere buried below. Don't pay attention to the... bad. You'll tell the people in Chicago, don't pay attention. Nothing here. Just keep walking. Don't look. But you know what? So far, I haven't been able to find any bad news. I look for the TIF handout. Usually, you know, when there's any downtown bill, they didn't want to hand them some TIFF money. No TIF handout in this one, as far as I could tell. That's how cynical I am. Not cynical, jaded, skeptical. I always feel, okay, all right, there's no bad news today. That doesn't mean there won't be something tomorrow. <laughs> They're going to sneak it in on us when we're not paying attention. So far, so good. Looks like a pretty good deal. So, you know, I mean, I wanted the Thompson Center to stay. I didn't want it to be torn down. I kind of liked it. You know, I kind of liked it. I kind of like the look. It's kind of weird, but. I, I like weird things. I'm a weird guy, so I, I like the Thompson Center. I'm glad it's staying. I like the fact that Google decided they want to invest in Chicago. Like that, you know, it's so interesting. Here comes some bad news. We're about to fork over untold, I don't know, probably billions before it's all over uh, to Amazon. Remember that debacle? <laughs> ah, there's the
0: Binjarovsky We know all that. All that good news. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's good news week. Sorry.
1: Ancient song only my boomers <laughs> would recognize, um, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, it's interesting how much times have changed. Uh, back, what was it? it? Was only how many years ago was uh, Amazon? Like five years ago, we were told no amount of money is too much to give to Amazon. Shut up, Chicago. Don't don't we're not going to show you the details, Mayor Ron. We're not going to give you any of the details. We're not going to tell you how much it costs. We're not going to tell you where they're going to go. We're just going to tell you we've offered them unlimited amounts of money and they can go wherever they want. And your job is to be quiet and then cheer when it's all over. That was the Amazon deal. So this is like an improvement. For once, you could say civilization has advanced from wherever it was.
0: No, was it 2017? God, I've lost track right Yeah, time. it was around that time because right when we started the show.
1: Yes, I would be talking. Oh, my God, that's right. Speaking of weird, yeah. I would be talking about it on the old radio show, the one I got fired from. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally I would be against it. And my guests, even like, well, they were all liberals or progressives or radical, whatever they were. My liberal <laughs> Chicago guests would come on and go up you know, we have to uh, calculate the number of jobs. <laughs> they were so afraid speaking out against Rom. Speaking out against, you know, the powers that be, a corporate decision, (laughs) Amazon. They were so afraid. And, of course, I got fired, so maybe they knew more than I did uh, for speaking out about Amazon. Anyway, this doesn't bear any resemblance to the Amazon deal at the moment. So, kudos. How about that deal? I'm going to say some good good. news uh, to uh, Governor Pritzker and uh, Mayor Lightfoot and Google. I say nice things about you guys every now and then, huh?
0: Shows you how much time's changed too. Like 105 million for somehow doesn't seem like a lot of money these days. I don't know why. I don't know how. Yeah. You no, hear all these other not. deals. <laughs> like $2.5 billion with Amazon.
1: Uh now, but I can't let this moment pass with just the good news. Uh and before I bring on our distinguished guest, Heidi Henry. Uh I have to tell you the story in the newspaper about uh <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot's bizarre vendetta against two public school teachers on the southeast side of Chicago. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty low. Oh, so they were protesting uh, the decision by the city uh, to move the uh, metal crushing facility from the north side to the south side. We've talked about this a lot. General Irons, we talked about this a lot. We had sue Sawlowski Garza, the older one from that area, who supports the plant. We've had people who are against the plant more people who are against the plan f- than for the plan, because generally I'm like, why well, are you moving it there? Now, Susan that Carson said like, there's jobs, Ben, there's jobs. But anyway, mayor, Lori first mayor, Lori, life. It was for it. Then uh, she got su- sued by a hard parent, not her literally, but the city. So now she's, I guess, against it. Uh, these two teachers from the Southeast side of Chicago, who've been consistently against it and leading the charge. One of them went on a hunger strike. The board of education, Uh, the Chicago public schools moved to fire them. And yesterday uh, the board itself, all appointed by the mayor uh, voted unanimously not to fire them, just to send them a letter of warning. And this is the part that struck me. This is so weird. This is straight out of like some kind of like dystopian novel by Kafka. Um, Chicago Public Schools recommended firing the two for alleged, quote, repeated instances of poor judgment and bias in their instructional roles and in their faculty advisor roles. End of quote. Wow. There's there's that just a general statement that is so vague, it means nothing. And then here's the kicker. A more than four hundred-page report outlined the allegations though the document wasn't made public. Just think about that one sentence, ladies and gentlemen, 400 pages. Like, are you kidding me? What could, what could you possibly find about these two teachers that would fill 400 pages? I would say that's evidence, exhibit A, that some people at the Board of Ed or the Chicago Public School have too much time on their hand. If they could accumulate 400 pages, D, you know what? I think a lot of it may be what, like when I had to do a book report back in junior high, it was supposed to be six pages long. You know, you you make the margins real wide. You kind of just repeat yourself a lot. Oh, thank God I got to six pages. And then it's not even public. So it's like these unsubstantiated charges. What a freaking joke. Where's Joe Rogan to speak out on behalf of these people by the way we're all my libertarian friends nowhere to be found always hiding when you need them all right anyway so I was going to do good news but I ended up doing bad news let's go to some good news Heidi Henry uh, our dear friend our old friend is back on the show it's been a while welcome back Heidi Henry
2: hi Ben hi Dennis how are you
1: hey we're doing well. We're
2: doing uh-uh, I well. finally got my camera to work.
1: There we go. Oh, and she's in the barn. All right. If you yeah. need to know about Heidi Henry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, uh, she is a, essentially a New Deal Democrat out in Trump country. <laughs> I love her so much. I met her years ago uh, when I was working for that aforementioned uh, radio station. Actually, didn't name the radio station, but I was working for them. and They would send me out to the boondocks. Uh-oh, Heidi, I apologize. <laughs> you have a little kitty every time I call it the boondocks. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would meet the candidates. I loved doing that show. I really did. Dennis would come with me. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Heidi was on that show like three times. She was running for state mm-hmm. senate against some uh, uh, magas type. Yes. Whose name escapes me at the moment. Oh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> that was an intentional mind, but but okay, that's good. Yeah. I uh, and uh, I, I just, I loved her because she just fearlessly espoused essentially New Deal Democratic politics out in uh, Magellan uh, and I was like, okay, Heidi, Henry, you know, cause a lot of the candidates go out there at out Magalan and I didn't bl- I'm not hating on the candidates, Heidi, but they'd be like cutting back a little bit. Yeah. Cause you know, they've been told, don't go too extreme. Don't yeah. be too lefty, which is like, you're going to get at anyway. You might as well let your freak flag fly. Right.
2: I agree. You know, yeah. you might as well state, state what your principles are and what you stand for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's also uh, the co-host with Marie Briel of an outstanding podcast, uh, the Harlem Mamas. They've been on together uh, as a, a dynamic duo on the show many times. But Heidi's coming solo in this case because the breaking news, <laughs> the sound <laughs> of the breaking news. Uh, thank you, Dennis <laughs> uh, is uh, that she will be running as a Democrat uh, yeah. for the state house in the 75th district against a Republican by the name of Jed Davis. Yes. Uh, And wow. Okay. there's so much to unpack here. So much, folks, that you can learn about the state of politics outside of your little Chicago bubble. Come on, we're going to leave the bubble, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What it's like to run as a Democrat in red country and the state of the Republican Party now, which is completely taken over by MAGA. Uh, And then at the end, I may have a little time for horse talk. <laughs> because uh, Heidi is a horse whisperer and a horse trainer, mm-hmm. uh, and she dutifully saw the movie. Nope, uh, and my my recommendation gets filled with horses. Uh, so we may uh, have a little horse training talk and at let the just end.
0: Just add, uh, uh, we're looking for something for a lump in radio this week. So you know, I feel like a referee in a like a match. Let's keep it clean.
1: Oh, okay, uh, no swearing. Have I okay. swe- did
0: I swear yet, Dee? No, nothing yet. We're good.
1: <laughs> okay, nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nothing yet. Okay. Uh, well, let me uh, give the shout out one more time for Lumpen Radio to John Pick, brilliant young comic, uh, and I urge everybody to check his videos out. I talked about him earlier in the show. All right, uh, so uh, Heidi, let's talk about your decision to run in the seventy fifth district. Uh, it's out in uh, MAGA country. No. no Democrat ran in the primary. Nope. So there was a vacancy. Jed Davis uh, would be the default winner because as I've often stated, it's really hard to lose an election in which you have no opponent. Uh, right. I think that's the fundamental truth about elections in the United States, although Donald Trump would find a way to steal the election, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if, or the case with him. Uh, so, all right, explain how it was, uh, that, uh, you came to be running against Jed Davis. Go ahead.
2: Well, You know, the 75th district is a district I was just redistricted back into. And when I started running way back in 2017, the first time, this is the district I started in was in the 75th and then found out I'd been redistricted to the 76th and then got talked into going uh, into a Senate race. (laughs) So the 75th is where I've always wanted to be. Um, The vision I had for my political career from the time we moved out here in 1990 uh was to eventually serve in that seat so this has been you know like something i've been thinking about for 32 years and the seat that i've always wanted because number one i love the people that served in there in the democratic party i walked pounded doors for mary Kay o'brien made tons of phone calls for her and christine gordon when christine lost the seat to sue resin uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I was just devastated. That seat had always been a Democratic seat and then had folded into the Republican Party under um, the wave of the Tea Party, you know. So I had, the, the, when I found out that uh, David Welter, who was a long-term incumbent, had lost, I was stunned. I mean, I had not followed the race set closely. I didn't have a candidate to support in there in the Democratic Party. Uh, I was really busy with things here at my farm and um, serving as an election judge. So Murray Briel actually told me two weeks ago, Wednesday, you know, David lost. I'm like, what? (laughs) So he goes, she's like, really, Heidi, you didn't know. I said, honest to God, I thought that was a safe seat. I I can't imagine somebody that they've loved and voted in over and over again that they gave over uh, to a far right extremist. And yet that's what the people of the 75th district did.
1: Okay, time out. Really important that I say this. I should have said this up top. Yeah, uh, David Welter was incumbent, and he's a Republican out of right. Morris, Illinois. Yeah, he's a Republican, but he is in the current state of affairs for the Republican Party what is known as a "quote unquote" moderate Republican, which he's means bad. yeah. I well, we okay. We're gonna we may do some Adam Kinzinger talk. Uh, yeah. one of uh, Heidi's favorite <laughs> topics. Uh yeah. but. I understand. Uh, Yes, I understand the bar is low and the the center has moved far to the right. Uh, But the point is, he was ousted by a Darren Bailey uh, MAGA man supported by Dick Uline money uh, named uh, Jed Davis in in last month's Republican primary. Part of MAGA's domination, total control over the Republican. And you now have to pledge allegiance to Donald Trump and MAGA. If you're going to be a Republican in the state of Illinois, wake up people. This is the reality. Uh, and all right, Heidi, so that I'm sorry, I didn't give that set up. Uh, no, so so it's okay. where, where is the 75th? Tell people. So, the, so the territory.
2: We just changed that. We were just redistricted and, and it's kind of a good thing because it cuts off. It takes in half of the city of Marseilles. Now I live Um, well outside of the city of Marseilles, I live to the east of it, uh, in LaSalle County. So it goes from the middle of Marseilles, which is my mailing address, all the way um, over to the Will County line along Route 6, and then around the Illinois River, and then straight north and takes up most of Kendall County, so it goes LaSalle County, Grundy County, most of Kendall County, and then a little bit of DeKalb County, including Sandwich and uh, Sheridan. So it's it's a much more northern uh, outlook for this district than it has been in the past, which is plays in my favor, you know, as a candidate running. Um, I spent a lot of time knocking doors in Kendall County and in Grundy County uh, when I ran for the Senate, and, and really love that area. Um, but what I was The way it is now, it doesn't take in, you know, the real rural parts of Will County and uh, and uh, Suburban Joliet. That that part's all gone now. So
1: (laughs) is is that part uh, Suburban Joliet? Is that a more Republican or Democrat?
2: That's really more of a Republican or Democratic area. Mm -hmm. Um, But going up into, you know, Oswego, Kendall County went blue. Uh, with Julie Gondar. Remember Julie? She was the, the head of the Democratic Party there in uh, Kendall County, and they just elected a new chair, Beth, um, so, because Julie stepped down. But um, that county is so blue now. It's really, a, a you know, like a plus four or plus seven blue. It's really a great county for me to be running in. Um, I'll tell you what, I had to, when, <laughs> when the good people of Grundy County, which you met <laughs> when you came out all those years ago, they started texting me late on a Thursday night. It was the day after I found out about this and uh, they started texting me about running and I was very resistant, but I was also coming down with COVID at the same time. So (laughs) I wanted to go to bed. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll run. The next day they slated me. Um, then I had full blown COVID. I couldn't go out and knock doors. So I had to trust the process of my County chairs from four counties to get people out, knocking doors, And, uh, also the labor's local 393 got out there and started knocking doors for me, uh, immediately. I needed 167 signatures and they sent me to Springfield on Monday with 491, which was really great. So, and I probably only got 50 of those by the time my doctor be to go out and walk
1: so <laughs> so the, the way it works is um the uh this it's kind of an intricate little uh yes. arcane system after the fact uh yeah. so nobody declared and nobody ran in the primary itself so it's a vacant spot and as uh, uh Heidi was saying the committee people who uh are democratic party officials yeah. elected by democratic party members uh can then a slate, a candidate to run, but that candidate still needs to gather the petition signatures. And that candidates, her petitions can still be challenged by opponents. Yes. So you gather, you dutifully gather the signatures you need 160, you got 400, did you say?
2: I got 491. Now, Ben, not only do they have to be signatures, they have to be people that normally vote in the democratic primary. So you have to be very careful. These lists have to come from the recent list from the county clerk's office. Anybody who did any shenanigans voting for Darren Bailey or anything, you know, pulling a Republican ballot, they cannot sign for you. I had so many Republicans that wanted to sign for me. I'm like, I can't, not this time, you know, support me in the, in the general, but I can't take your signature right now because it'll get, get kicked off the ballot. So I went ahead and, um, Uh, you know, we walked from these lists, my county, my county um, chairs organized block lists specifically from the county clerk's office. So it was very intricate. I have not been challenged yet. I know all 491 of those signatures are good. Anything we didn't think was going to make it, we tossed already. So I guess I still have a stack of stuff we didn't turn in. Um, It just, they were ones that I weren't sure if they were on the uh, the voter rolls for voting recently in the primary. But we went with them. Three different attorneys, you know, four county chairs, um, the Labor's local 393, everybody went through those carefully um, to make sure that they were all clean signatures. So I trust I had to learn to trust the process because you know, me, Ben, I'm a workaholic. I, you know, I do my own stunts. <laughs> so you need 491 signatures. I'm going to go for a thousand and I'm going to hit the road. So, mm-hmm. but I couldn't cause I had COVID. So.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That must've really, uh, just really, uh, irritated that you couldn't go out. I got to say this about, uh, uh Democrats like Heidi uh, Murray, burial and, uh, Julie and all the others she mentioned, I have a a strong affinity uh, for um, red area Democrats because they're up against it and uh, they're vigilant. They're on top of things. I bring them on my show as much as I can. You know, uh, they're doing a a really they're (laughs) they're like behind the lines, if you will. You know what I mean? If I could use that metaphor and uh, they understand what we're up against. Yeah. And I think that Democrats uh, in Chicago, uh, I'm going to say this, Heidi's not saying this, Ben is saying this, they get lazy, you know, um, they, their tensions are easily diverted. They forget that (laughs) there's a larger state outside of Chicago physically anyway. Uh, And so they just think the whole world is the way they see it. And then they wake up stunned on election day. How did this happen? Donald yeah. Trump won. Am I right, Heidi? I mean, that's oh. my Rico. Out,
2: out here, you know, when you know that you're in the minority and living in LaSalle County, I, I know, I mean, I worked as an election judge and I know the people, I mean, I know them personally that came in and, and collected ballots from me. And of course, you, you can't say anything. You just hand them their ballot and and uh, give them their sticker after they, you know, put it through the hopper. And I think to myself, Man, I I know you well enough to know that you are voting against your own interests. I mean, I know you personally, but you can't say anything. But you know that because we've been flyover country for so long and forgotten for so long, um, you know, Murray and I just did a, a, a show today about the insidious seep of the far right into rural America, just right in our backyard. And um, it's been creeping in here forever. And those of us out here, you know, with machetes trying to beat this, the weeds that are taking the garden back, uh, it's it, the rise of extremism, the rise of the, the far right rhetoric, the rise of the brown shirts, the rise of, of the religious right. The cacophony is deafening, you know, it's just getting louder and louder and louder. Now I have to say that lately I've seen a bit of moderation and I don't know if it's the January 6th trials or if people are just exhausted from the whole Trump diatribe. And I think that's some of it. I mean, we're losing out here. Kinzinger has been our congressman for quite a long time and uh, being replaced with uh, Lauren Underwood, which I couldn't be happier about. I mean, she is just incredible. Um, but for the people out here that loved Adam Kinzinger, loved him, this is really hard for them because they see him change in real time. They see his rhetoric change. Now, it's only on January 6th. They have to tell you all of his other rhetoric is exactly the same. He's still the same blowhard Republican, far-right Republican. He just, you know, the coup the coup didn't happen the way, and the election didn't go the way he wanted, so he had to change sides. At least that's how he feels. At least that's how I see it, you know, because I know... If Trump had won, he'd be bucking for Secretary of the Air Force. That's what he wanted. And when Trump wouldn't even look his way, I think that was the beginning of the end of that relationship. That's how I see it. Because I don't see him as, I mean, I've had to deal with him so much in the last 10 years. He's not a stand-up guy, so I don't know. I don't know why people love him. you know, I mean, it's like, I know, he's like's been I know one sure one right thing. He's voted almost a hundred times to take away or seventy times to take away your health care, and you love him. Please. you know so I um, uh, yeah,
1: so I oh, wait, uh, I knew it. Ken Jinger, uh d Tanger's coming uh Murray and Heidi have been on the show. Uh, and they have—they're <laughs> merciless on me because uh, I've been known to say a nice thing about Kinsinger from time to time. Uh, and i am am going to ask you, the Liz, if you—if you have the same attitude about Liz uh, uh, Cheney. But the reality is this: mm-hmm. uh, I've said it many times. I take very seriously the attempted coup uh, that um, we're now getting the details on what Trump was up to, uh, and also take very seriously. Uh, the effort by Republicans to use that fabrication that the election was stolen to justify uh, voting changes that will essentially give them an advantage going into the midterms and of the 2024 election. So I see <laughs> the game they're playing. I see the scam they're up to. I see it playing on in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Texas. I see it all over the place. Uh,
2: and Cheney, very much part of all of that, too. Very much part of that. You so. Know.
1: But before, so so that's why I appreciate the fact that on this one particular one issue, Kinsinger stood with Democrats, and I've always said on this show, had Richard Irvin in the last primary tied himself to Adam Kinsinger's position on the coup, then it would have been a very interesting race. I don't know if he would have had enough to beat Maga, but if he had just been true to himself then folks wouldn't have rejected him as a phony and a fraud. Now they still might not have bought that MAGA because again, it's a Republican primary. I understand MAGA controls it, but I think he would have done better than third, which for the $50 million, your thoughts on that one.
2: Well, I just don't think Ken Griffin vetted him very well because it wasn't that far under the surface you know, his voting record, his close ties to, to the, Demo- to Democrats that are very high in power. Um, the thing with his girlfriend at the pod shop. I mean, all of those things, any one of those things should have had him go, you know what, this is not the guy I want to put my money behind, you know? Um, and I know from where I live, where everybody is about the same color as I am. Um, there's a whole fraction, a faction of people that won't, Vote for him just because the color of his skin is no matter how MAGA he is. I know these people personally. Um, Ray Bine did really well out here, um, you know, and so did Darren Bailey because he is a good old boy, just like the good old boys that are out here. They see themselves in him, they see themselves in the bully that is Donald Trump, right? Everybody wants the bully to be their friend, and they feel by by hooking up, you know, by attaching themselves to that, that they have the bigger bully. They now own the bigger bully. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what Ken Griffin was thinking running, you know, Irvin. I, I just, Oh my God. I mean, talk about, you know, in the horse world, we talk about, you know, how do you make a million dollars with horses? You start with five and you end when you have a million dollars left. I mean, Griffin must have been driving down the road, throwing 20s out his window. He probably would have gotten more traction that way than, um, you know? So I'm just saying he could have, he kind of gotten made inroads with Bailey. If he had supported Bailey, he probably would be taking over the state right now.
1: Yeah. Well, he made it. Well, we're now in a, we're, yeah. we're in a whole different area, but let's finish the yeah. plot. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. made a calculated decision uh, that an extremist like Bailey cannot win uh, huh? in a state like Illinois. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he's an extremist. Now it's interesting to watch him try to uh, tailor, I find this fascinating. Uh, We'll get into this when you get into your race uh, with uh, the rhetoric of Republicans. how Darren Bailey, I called him uh, uh, DB, um, as in Darren Bailey, uh, DB Travolta, because uh, he's put on his dancing shoes and he is just dancing all around that question about Donnie Trump and the insurrection. I live in Illinois. You know, so funny. Hey, DB, Illinois is in the United States of America. Did you know
2: that? <laughs> I know you learned some geography down there. Come on. <laughs> I see him tap dancing and I'm like, you can't get around your. Uh, prayer to God, uh, you know, on video over row that will haunt you for the rest of your life. You know, I mean, there's stuff I'm sure I've put out on Heartland Mamas. It's equally cringy because, you know, I'm always laughing about something wildly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> well, not always, but not. you know, for, for, um, for Bailey, it's just, you know, and it all started, he would be nothing without the, you know, the coronavirus. So if we hadn't had COVID-19 and his whole big deal about masks, and that goes to my opponent in the upcoming as well, um, there would be no Darren Bailey because that's the only thing he had to stand on. In our area alone, he voted against the Clean Energy Act here in Illinois, which would have closed down our nuclear power plants, which are the major employers in my area. You know, so they're going to eat him alive down here with that. He, he voted against that now my opponent in the last race who resin was one of two Republicans who voted for those jobs and for clean energy, uh, you know, and she, she knew if she hadn't, she would have been extremely vulnerable. You know, she would have been beatable if she'd voted. No. And she knows that she's smart enough to know. So
1: Dems listen to me, call Heidi, call Murray. You, and when, when Michael Joseph Madigan ran the party, he ignored people uh, like Heidi and Murray cause nobody brought him to the table. Yeah. Can't think that way anymore, Dems. Try to be smart. These are people who believe in the principles that are supposedly at the heart of the Democratic Party. Don't ignore them anymore. Sorry. You
2: Wait, well, you know, and people like Marie and I and, and I wanna, you know, shout out to my my county chairs, especially to Dick Joyce and Grundy County and Marshall Dunwalter, um, and the people up in in uh, Kendall County, which just had a change in leadership up there. Um And in DeKalb, because those are the people that do the heavy lifting every day out here to help advance the Democratic message. Because we have all of our newspapers, not that people, you and I read newspapers still, but not too many people do. But the newspapers are out here all owned by Shaw Media. They control Um, you know, if you write a letter to the editor critical of anything on the Republican agenda, it will never get published. It will never get published. We know that. I mean, I write letters to the editor all the time. I never see them in print. We make announcements for when we're going to have events. They won't even put that out. We have to buy an ad. You know, they won't do our press releases. So we have media silence out here. There is no messaging that we can procure on a public forum Um, we've talked, I know you and I have talked in the past about how these um, uh, town forums are in offshoot largely of the Tea Party and they're very controlling of the message that they bring out so if you go on, you know, talk about we'll use Millington, Illinois um, which is a little tiny town that's going to be controlled usually the moderator is somebody who is uh, at least Republican if not fully associated with Um, with the tea party and that's how they do their messaging freely but we can't have that like that's not a privilege we get out here so it's always an uphill battle and I always tell people you know when we go out and do parades and uh, festivals and county fairs and stuff we do that because people out here May not have seen or interacted with a a a known Democrat for quite a long time, so you have to get out there and put yourself out there so that they know that we're not blood-drinking baby eaters, you know, because that's what they think. You know, they can't help how they think. When I was as an election judge, I had people that brought that up to me, and I'm just like, "How long have we known each other?" (laughs) <laughs> Have you not known me to always work at the food pantry and always, you know, be the person work helping out at pads when they're short and always, you know, being the person that helps in the community? That's me. You know that. You know that about me. So, uh-huh. you know.
1: All right. So before we get to the uh, some of the issues uh, that are in your race uh, and the curious stance of your opponent and your stance on them, I just want to f- follow up and just conclude the discussion. Of uh, we already did Adam Kinzinger, and I cut you off from your thoughts on Liz Cheney. Uh, so, do you have a higher estimation of Liz Cheney uh, these days uh, than you may have had a year ago?
2: I, I didn't think much of her father. Uh, you know. Um... Because I think he was the architect of two wars that, that have cost us trillions of dollars and, and how, disrupted how many millions of lives. I mean, I you know, one of the programs I, I have out here, Acres of Peace, deals with veterans with PTSD and suicide prevention. And and I didn't talk about that the last time I ran because it's like I don't want people out here photographing them and interviewing people. This is such a private time for them. But ideal with the crap from her dad every damn day. Pardon me, Dennis. Sorry, but but I feel very, um, very strongly about that. The fact that they put these men and women through so much and then just abandoned them for no real reason, except for money. Hmm. But my problem with Liz is that of the two of them, I think her, she might be more principled than Adam, but I don't have never really followed her career. I hate her stances on the LBGT, uh, plus, community. I mean, it's just wow. I, she's come around some, but boy, the damage is done, isn't it? And she is a she's a pro-life, anti-healthcare, anti-choice, uh, anti-birth control um, Republican stooge it, for most of her career. So yeah, she chose her country over her party, over her own political re- uh, career, and I give her big props for that. Does it change how I feel about her? No, I mean, the amount of people she's hurt and the amount of people Kinsinger is hurt with their votes and their actions, their words, their deeds. Um, no, you know, I mean, Kinzinger is getting doxed now. Welcome to the party, Adam. It, it's it's a horrible feeling when you get doxed because of your political beliefs. And, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's how that happens. That's what happens, Adam. And when I called your office about it and you did nothing, hello, welcome. You know, so, so, um, uh, Liz is the same in the same boat. I mean, I feel bad for them that they're being, I feel bad for Walter for being reprimanded for his stances on just normal, somewhat humane things, you know? Um, but wow, this is the world they helped create, you know?
1: Well, you have to stand. And this is what I'm saying. Let's go back to the urban question. We're going to, you, it's incumbent upon republicans to do at least what liz cheney uh, and Anna kinsinger have done yeah, and uh choose country over party and uh the fact that so many republicans aren't and that they're trying to be slippery now yeah like Darren bailey and pretend as though this uh th- this crisis is not happening in real time right now to right, pretend yeah. as though it doesn't affect people in illinois uh, is so disingenuous, is so really sure. politician-like. So how can you claim you're a real genuine politician if, when you're just playing the game like everybody else?
2: Uh, well, p- more, Ben, how can you claim to be uh, an American citizen that follows and embraces the principles in the Constitution in the Bill of Rights uh, in the Declaration of Independence and somehow have any at any time defended January 6th or called it less than what it is. How can, how can he sit there and be in the party with Mary Miller who quotes Hitler on the floor of Congress and not re- find that reprehensible and want to reprimand her for that stance. That's the Darren Bailey people want to see. And if he was that person, he'd be, he'd be difficult to beat.
1: Yeah. You know? oh, I just want to go. I think, uh, Mary Miller, uh, Made. Oh, she walked <laughs> it
2: back. But
1: no, no, no. no. I, I'm an expert on that quote unquote walk back, which I think was actually more insulting yes. than the actual comment. Uh but I believe I don't think it was on the floor of Congress. I think it was at a rally, a pro Trump uh, rally, right before January. On 6th.
2: The, at the ellipse. No, she said yeah. something uh oh, she something did? Like, okay. yeah. So she she talked about um because we Murray and I were talking a little bit about turning point today, and I hope you're gonna do a big show on turning point, but um we were talking about, you know, how her and Matt Gates are have been featured speakers for them and, and uh that indoctrination of high school and, and uh young adults, college age kids is terrifying. Yeah. You know, you gotta capture the minds and, and hearts of the youth, yeah. as Mary Miller says. And uh and Hitler was right on that, but oh my god. Yeah. Wow. You either you either you are or you aren't. Yes. Right. Uh, there's no, there's no fine line. There's no shades of gray. You either embrace the Constitution and all the laws that we stand for, and the freedoms, um, and the the right and ability of people to live the lives that they have, that are their very own, or you don't. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, by the way, when Heidi said, "quote uh, Hitler was right," uh, she was not saying she believed that. Oh no, uh, she was saying that's literally what Mary Miller Mary said. Miller I'm always you know, Me. hoping that the, the far right discovers my show so I can boost the ratings <laughs> and they go, Heidi Henry said Hitler was right. right That's right, what right. Mary
2: Miller said. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I never, you know what, I couldn't quote anything Hitler said except yeah. for what Mary Miller said.
1: No, Mary okay. Miller is your go-to source for Hitler quotes. All yes. right. Uh, and you saw fit uh, Republicans uh, to nominate her as your candidate uh, for Congress. Well done, Maga. All right. Uh, let's uh, discuss uh, some th- your opponent, Jed Davis. Uh, he's a rookie uh, and out of a town called Newark. Uh, with Not New Jersey, Chicagoans. Uh, Newark in Illinois.
2: Find a and- Democrat in Newark.
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What would you say?
2: Find a find a Democrat, in Newark. Yeah, I Democrat know all of them. them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heidi knows every Democrat in, in uh, Newark. Newark, Illinois. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I want I, mean, I did a little just reading about the guy, far right winger. Uh, but this the part, just man. I mean, this is like yeah. Uh, I stumbled on this one, uh, Heidi, I'm sure you knew all about it because you, you're, you live out, uh, you have to deal with these people. So he's endorsed by an outfit and I'm not making this up. It's called stand for health freedom organization. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, they support candidates, uh, who make, uh, what is this, uh, policy to support individuals uh, and framing choice in matters of health and bodily activity. So when I read that, I thought, oh, they're <laughs> no choice on the issue of abortion. No, no! <laughs>
2: Un- you know,
1: MAGA, come on, come up with your own stuff. Stop. St- so MAGA, which has got this weird, bizarre obsession with the fertilized egg, they couldn't care less about the human being that comes out of the womb. They, in most cases, they hate those uh, creatures, those human beings. Uh, steals the rhetoric of the pro-choice movement when it comes oh, yeah. to women having the right over their body and over decisions affecting them to justify their oppositions to the vaccine. So when they talk about liberty uh, and health, freedom, they're not talking about abortion rights for women. No, nope. they're talking about guys like Jed Davis having the right not to get immunized. Right. Uh, and Heidi, you got to help me with this. I got to understand what what's going on in a person's brain where they use the rhetoric of the pro-choice movement against the pro-choice movement. Help me out here, Heidi.
2: Well, I, I look at it that we did all the groundwork for them, all the legwork to to set those little phrases in, in place for them. And they just, you know, co-opted those phrases. And we know how well they co-opt stuff like save the children, you know, and my body, my choice. I mean, that's, that's a Republican way. Come up with, do your own homework. But You and I are about the same age. I've lived long enough to know people that were living with the after effects of polio. Uh, When I was a little girl, everybody walked home for lunch. Everybody. We came home and we ate our lunch and we watched Bozo Circus, right? That was like an everyday thing. And there was one girl who was Stephanie. She had to stay at school because her mom worked. Well, that was a real rarity in the 60s. Moms just didn't work when they had kids at home. But her mom was working because her dad was in an iron lung. You know, that's why Stephanie had to eat lunch at school in the secretary's office. So I'm old enough to have lived through that. I remember everybody going down to the school to get our, you know, um, to get our vaccines or, or little sock. Um, like it was like a little cup that you drank the, the sock vaccine with. And then, uh, the smallpox vaccine, I still have my small, smallpox scar, um, I know young men that had mumps when they were kids that were never able to have children. Uh, That's in my lifetime, you know, in my lifetime. So I never thought a public health crisis could have been handled worse than the AIDS epidemic when it first started. Never, never thought it would be handled worse because we watched how Obama handled Ebola. I mean, handled it. And H1N1 just handled it, you know, made sure it didn't spread all over the world, uh, kept it where it was at. Very little got into this country because it was handled. Right. But because of the mistakes from the top down in this weird rhetoric, we put politics and political ideology over public health, which is just insane. Jed doesn't want, he doesn't care if the kids are vaccinated to get into a school. He doesn't want, didn't want them wearing masks during the height of the pandemic. Now they ended up having to wear masks, but oh, he was really pissed about that because, you know, God is our shield against infection. No, God gave us brains to reason to the skills to make medicine to prevent public health crises, is jed so um, that's why we have this this thing that's between our ears it's called a brain and uh, we're supposed to operate that now i'm sorry if you didn't get the operating manual uh, maybe you attended your school instead of going to public school but in my public school we learned about uh, public health and how it was important to wash our hands and stay home when we were sick and to cough into our elbow and not spread germs and diseases on everybody. So, um, I, I just, you know, my mother was an RN. She had a master's in nursing. She didn't live long enough to <laughs> just witness this. I can just see her right now. <gasps> You know, she had seven children. We, I was a germaphobe before it was cool because my mom made sure we washed her hands. She did not want sick children home; it would ruin her day. You know, so we had to, you know, uh, take our vitamin C and take our, our Flintstone multivitamin and wash her hands and not sneeze on one another. And if we used a Kleenex, it better go in the trash can and wash her hands afterwards. She was. Uh, you know really big on hygiene and I remember her talking about how surgeons used to not wash their hands before they did surgery and how they finally figured out that that was what was killing people is the germs that they were bringing into the wound so into the surgical site so all of those things I remember and I keep thinking it's basic public health to protect the children that are in your care why is that so hard why, why take a position that's so contrary to the health and well-being of the people that you're paid and given to care for.
1: And so I just ahead. want to remind everybody uh that uh Jed Davis who's running as for state rep uh in the 75th is not repeat_ underscored not the only Republican uh who has taken this position. Oh, yeah, that God uh has David
2: Walter took that position
1: Even who did you say?
2: David Welter. I mean, he was on the floor of the house and ripped off his mask and exited like a big, like a big overblown deal. (laughs) <laughs> because he wanted to be BFF with, with, uh, Bailey. Yeah. So he pulled yeah. off the mask and stormed out of the house. You
1: know That's like, what I'm saying? It's like the moderates are, they, the, the moderates abandoned the, the party. There yes. are no moderates in the Republican party anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, the guy they call a moderate took his mask off cause he was afraid of people like uh, Jed Davis. But I just can't, uh, Tom DeVore, who's running for attorney general as Republican was the one who filed the suits, Yes. Uh, against the state, uh, against Pritzker, et cetera, and so forth, uh, and of course, DB Darren Bailey, uh, what got an- kicked out of the house for one day, expelled because he refused to wear a mask. Uh, this is the height in the middle of it all, and
2: we before we had vaccines. we nobody knew what we were dealing with. We still, I mean, the fact that I'm double vaxxed and double boosted, and I still got, I mean, all things considered, probably a mild case of COVID. But I haven't even had a head cold in probably 10 years, so it was like, I'm such a whiner when I'm sick. It's why I don't like to get sick. <laughs>
1: uh, no, but, uh, yeah, though that's uh, so that's the roots of Jed Davis's campaign uh, and uh, Extreme MAGA person. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Now, do you think, okay, so as I said, DB, uh, Darren Bailey, uh, is... Um, a little scared doing the tap dance, doing that John Travolta, or more like Fred Astaire, because it's a tap dance. Not that East- elegant.
2: What's not that? that? Not that
1: elegant. Not elegant. Okay, <laughs> so
2: it's, it's it's
1: more like me dancing. Okay, uh, uh, but uh, on the issue of Donald Trump and the insurrection, because he doesn't, he's hoping that uh, he can win a few swing voters. Do you think uh, Jed Davis will have uh, any uh, concerns uh, about that, or will he go full MAGA?
2: I think he already is full MAGA, and the reason I say that is because of the uh, homophobic and transphobic phobic um, rhetoric that's on his page. It, it's extreme, and especially regarding sports, you know, uh, he has a K through K-12 school, and there will be no trans athletes on his teams. And I keep thinking, the NCAA and the Olympic athletes, they all have, they've all kind of pivoted for this. And there's hormone testing to make sure that you're within normal hormone uh, ranges to compete as a woman or as a man. And I realize this is still new uncharted territory for us. I know that. But we have to understand that there's got to be a place on this earth for all of us. We can't be exclusionary because somebody is not like us, right? It's not ours to to detail how someone else lives their life and if anything being peaceful and kind to one another should be everything about everything that we do but I I look at it some of his rhetoric I mean it's very um somebody sent me something he said about you know women should vote as their husbands dictate or not vote at all it's all of those things Ben, that adds up to someone who's so far to the right that they've lost the vision and purpose for humanity, which is to be different. You know, we're not supposed to be exactly the same. And um, my mother used to say, if we were all exactly the same, we would get bored with one another, which is really a shame, you know, Uh, and to embrace all the flavors and and colors and diversity on the earth, because she explained it as a garden when I was a child. And I had a a really cool mom. She was not a hippie, (laughs) but whenever she I had questions about why somebody was different than me. She would always explain that that's just how they were made. And that's exactly how they're supposed to be. And it's not my job to question it. You know, it makes life a lot easier when you don't question other people's uh, hair color choices. Um, those are choices. But when they're born um, male in a female body or female in a male body or somewhere in between, or um, the fact that they have brown eyes and they want a green or, um, I don't know about anything. Is it really any of my business? I don't, I don't care. I've got enough things to do. I don't need to worry about how somebody else lives their life. As long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. What no, does
1: I, it matter? I, I, I just want to say, uh, MAGA is really weird, man. Yeah. They they think they got the right to say anything they want Do uh, do anything they want. That free expression, uh, must be uh, honored in this country. Uh, it's a first amendment protected, right? but, as soon as somebody declares that, you know, uh, you view me as a man, but I'm a woman. Uh-uh, you can't do that. Get in line. Get in.
2: It's like, man, man, which way is it? But, but you know, exactly. Go ahead. And here's here's my other problem with him. You know, I, I always tell people I was a Sunday school teacher for over 20 years in the Episcopal Church. and, um, And, and Episcopalians are a little different than in every denomination, what is there 200 and something or 2000 and something different denominations of Christianity. And the question I have for, for Jed is which version of Christianity, because you don't like the Catholics and you don't like the Quakers and you don't like this and you don't like the Mormons and you don't like that. So how, and God help my Muslim doctor, you know, I mean, he must not count at all. Um, so which version of God do I have to have to be able to ask you about an issue that I'm having in the 75th district? Because I'm not clear on this, except that it's either your way or no way at all. And it's like that with reproductive rights, with birth, birth control, with vaccinations, with mask wearing, with, um, with uh, uh, curriculum at school. I mean, honest to God, You know, he's pounding the earth his chest about CRT not even bothering to understand what that even means. You know, does he have a law school there at at Parkview Christian Academy? I don't know. I don't know that you need to take the LSATs to get in there, but I'm kind of curious now. So did they ever offer CRT as part of their curriculum? I I know that's not offered. I sent two kids K through 12 here locally. CRT was not in their curriculum wasn't in mine so <laughs> you know yeah. so I'm just I, it's just mind numbing I go through his page and it's like somebody's helping me write walk cards and they're like we're gonna do this is my position this is his position I'm like I just wrong you know just he's just wrong so. <laughs> nobody can be anything unless they're him
1: Alright, so that's Heidi Henry running up for State Rep 75th District. I know I'm going to bring her back for more conversations. to talk about the issues, but I want to close it down by talking about Heidi Henry, the horse whisperer. Uh, Heidi um, loves horses, ladies and gentlemen. She's doing this interview. You can't see this as audio only, but she's doing the interview uh, from her her barn with this all kinds of intricate ropes in the background. Uh, And you Heidi and I, as as, uh, much kinship we have on politics, couldn't be more separated when it comes the horses. I'm like, Oh, okay. Look, keep that horse away from me. I'm not getting anywhere near that horse. So Heidi gets on the horse. She rides the horse. She yeah. whispers to the horse. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm in passing when I booked Heidi for the show said, Oh, I just saw Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's latest movie, which I think you would want to see cause it deals a lot with horses. It's about horsemen. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, in Cal, I guess it's California. Yeah. And then it has spaceships. Kind of a weird, wacky movie, but there's a lot of horse stuff. So I would love for to my shock, she went out and saw it. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Caught me off guard with that one. Uh and so before the show, we had a very brief conversation about horses in the movie. Yeah. And you pointed out <laughs> a movie that's all about man's cruelty. Uh, to animals kind of fostered a little cruelty to a horse. <laughs>
2: I'm saying it. Well, at uh, one point, Ben, they leave Lucky. The, all the horses, like the chapters in the movie are the horses' names, right? Yeah. Jean Jacket, and I don't remember the ghost, and and this one named Lucky. And Lucky is kind of the star. He does a lot of the stuff. And uh, at one point, uh, Lucky got left. If, number one, they were hauling him in a horse trailer with the window open and the grate down, which any horse person knows you should never do because they tend to jump out that window and they will do it on the highway. But they can't get all the way out. So they hang there until somebody has to come and tranquilize them and cut the trailer apart to get them out. It's a whole hot mess. We just never do that. So so here's me, I'm watching that movie and I'm fixated. Why is that window open? Somebody should shut the window, you know? So and then at one point they left Lucky in the trailer and they went and got something to eat. Like they pulled in the driveway after a long day of Lucky at work. And they leave him in the driveway in the trailer, and they all go out and get fish sandwiches. And they're talking about how good they are. And I looked at my husband and I said, "Lucky's still in the trailer. Like that's <laughs> appalling to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Lucky. Go go hose him down, wrap his legs, pack his feet. You know, make sure he's got something to eat, and put him in his stall for the in his clean stall for the night. So, <laughs>
1: uh, I uh, am going to be assembling uh, a uh, crew of uh, movie people. Uh, none of them, I believe, know anything about horses, uh, but they're really astute movie people. They either make movies or obsessively watch movies. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I actually gave them the assignment to see Nope. They were going to see it anyway. We're going to do a Nope deep dive because I'm a big Jordan Peele fan. But oh. I will make a point of uh, raising your critique to them because <laughs> I it's. It's pretty ironic uh, that a movie about man's cruelty uh, to animals, and that's a huge chunk of what this movie is about.
2: Yeah, Uh, uh, I was so I was so relieved when they when OJ the character said something about we got to go get Lucky out of the trailer. Like, oh, thank God! (laughs) uh, I was ready to go out to that.
1: That said, I must make a confession: Uh, for a guy who's scared to ride on a horse, and yeah. I have always loved those panoramic shots Oh yeah. of the cowboys on the horses or the Indians, whoever's on the horse galloping through the yeah. mountain. I just, uh, and there's a lot of those big vista scenes uh, in this movie. Big screen movie, folks. We're going to see it. Yeah. Uh, you got to see it. on the. I think uh, Heidi would agree with me that if you're going to see it, see it on the big screen because
2: yeah, it's a big and screen movie. Go see it in Ottawa, Illinois, because they've got these big, you know, seats at rock and it's <laughs> super comfortable. So yes, I, my husband and I went to go see it last night and uh, had a big bucket of popcorn and uh, probably too much soda because I couldn't sleep last night. But um, that's the first, I think I told you the first movie we've gone to see in probably four years, but a lot of that is because I'm, I'm a workaholic and I get in from the barn. So late, our daughter's home from college right now over the summer. So I have a little more freedom to go do stuff, you know, (laughs) now that I'm a candidate. Yeah. I have
1: freedom to do stuff like running for office. Uh,
2: until November. So she, she said, I'm going to step in and take care of everything here. You go run for office. I'm like, she's got me. So yeah, she's a good person. She's going to be a chiropractor one day, Ben. OK, Yeah, can put use, her mom back together after
1: after to uh, fall off that horse. She's going to have to really put you together. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Heidi Henry running as a Democrat in the 70th, 75th, district against a MAGA man named Jed Davis, uh, who is so MAGA. I may have to. You know what, Darren Bailey? I used to call you the MAGIest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, but your little John Travolta dance on the issue of Donnie Trump and the insurrection. Jed Davis may have emerged, slipped ahead of you. The magiest, mag Maggie, even magier than <laughs> <laughs> DB Darren Bailey. It's oh my
2: yeah. I can't. I'm hoping I get to debate him. I mean, there would just be, you know, that would be really awesome. <laughs>
1: I doubt uh, very much he will agree to debate. Uh, that's no, just, uh, the district was set up. Uh, the Republicans probably feel it's theirs in a the bag. Yeah. Uh, and I just love the fact that the Dems got their act together to run somebody in there. Uh, there are some swing voters. Uh, there probably are some Republican people who detest the MAGA movement and there's some diehard Dems. So who knows, you know, uh, who
2: knows how, how it goes. I think just by, um, you know, I only did a couple of days of canvassing because of COVID, but the people I talked to really wanted to talk really wanted to talk about him and the issues with his school and everything from zoning to philosophy, to political position. Um, And he's, he's burned a lot of bridges up, up in that area, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, he he doesn't have a lot of money. I have no money, so uh, elect Heidi Henry is my act blue site. So, because <laughs> I'm gonna need some money, and uh, he doesn't have a lot together. But you know, Uline is is just over the border in Wisconsin now, so he might be hitting them up for.
1: Oh, he'll be hitting up. Yeah, you we be sure of that uh, he will definitely be hitting him up. All right. Heidi Henry, thank you so much. It's yeah. always a blast talking to you, whether it's politics or horses or movies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, definitely going to bring you back uh, before the election to get an update on what's going on. So look forward to that. All right.
2: All right. Well, take care, Ben. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it
1: absolutely it's great heidi henry i'm ben drowski i also want to thank the man the myth the legend the pride of joy of Alton, illinois without whom this show would be possible and as heidi henry and murray barrio will tell you back home in alton they call him dr d and the d stands for demarvelous give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash peace and love everybody